I don't, I don't know if this is a term that they made up, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, Jonathan's so basically, if and when liquidity so. happens, that's what happens. Yeah. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey guys, my guest today is Ryan Buckley. He's the CEO of Mighty Signal, which he sold to AirNow in 2021. Before that, he was the co-founder and CEO of Scripted, a marketplace for content marketers. He's also author of The Parallel Entrepreneur and an associate professor at Diablo Valley College, where he teaches business and marketing. Ryan, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. I remember those scripted days, man. Marketplaces are tough, huh? Yeah. Kind of a brutal business. Uh, (laughs) Content marketing seems to be like a race to the bottom now and it's a tough market to be in but we we gave it our best now you sold this to xenon run by jonathan mm-hmm. siegel a very yep. famous guy sort of doing micro private equity like deals yep. um and then i just saw him running ads like crazy on this thing i assume it grew mm-hmm. but were you still running it at that point no no after i sold it i actually took some time off that's when i wrote the book and i was working on twofer uh morphed that into find emails track job changes some of these other micro SaaS uh products and then Jonathan hired me back to run Mighty Signal, which he had just acquired in uh, late 2018. And I ran that for almost three years before selling it to AirNow. And Wait, I Ryan, how does AirNow. that work? How does a private equity firm incentivize a, a creator like you who could do anything he wants, build anything from scratch and keep 100% for yourself? How does someone like Siegel convince you to come run Mighty Signals? Yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of thought of it like going back to school. Um, I respected Jonathan, um, during the scripted acquisition process was just really impressed by what, what he built and the companies that he was able to acquire. I know you've had a lot of, a lot of those guys that have come through the Xenon program, uh, on the podcast. Um, and I just thought I had a lot to learn from mm-hmm. this guy. And I was kind of feeling like some of my muscles, some of my entrepreneurial muscles were atrophying. And this was going to be a way for me to, to get a kick in the pants, um, just learn from some of the best, get challenged. And um, so, yeah, I just decided to take the plunge. I also, Mighty Signal is a big mobile data company. We, we process uh, data off of, off of phones, break apart apps, look at what software is installed. I knew nothing about mobile data. I knew nothing about SDKs. Frankly, I really knew nothing about private equity other than uh, I kind of liked what it sounded like these guys did. So when uh, when he offered me that job, you know, I was kind of flattered. That was part of it, and uh, and yeah, I just decided, you know, here's an adventure. I'll just uh, I'll just kind of go for it. Now, Jonathan acquired Mighty Signal around about yeah. January of 2019. You joined, and I believe there's only three or four folks on the staff at that point, right? No, there are actually none. So oh, none, he, okay. bought the, he bought the business, the whole team was acquired by Instacart. And uh, so he handed me a business that was doing a million ARR with yep. no team. And the first thing I had to do, of course, was hire an engineer. This is a highly, highly technical product. Tons of resources in AWS, like far beyond my ability to comprehend what the heck was going on with, uh, with all the software and all the databases. So I, I had to find someone, hired that guy, hired a sales guy slowly built out a team and started to grow it. 
Interesting. Okay. How did you find that developer? Was it like a freelancing site or a top towel or a friend or what? You no, know, it was, it was an Upwork. I have really? had amazing luck with Upwork and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends what with do those you post? founders. What's the job description? When you post it on Upwork, what do you say? Hiring yeah. a lead technical engineer and you give it to 10 people and then you, know, you hire the best one? Basically. Yeah. You, you uh, I mean, with this one, it wasn't, it wasn't a hard sell because we were, you know, kind of a sexy startup, Silicon Valley startup, um, owned by private equity, profitable. You know, I threw all these keywords in there. And then I said, you know, I'm willing to wait, pay wait, no, no. Dollar. What were some of the other keywords? Profitable. What else? Yeah. Um, you know, profitable San Francisco, um, probably also Silicon Valley, mobile data, um, SaaS enterprise. And, um, and then I pitched myself a little bit and, um, and then Xenon, I you know this is like hot private equity group, um, come in as like the lead engineer, first engineer. Um, hopefully lead to something full time. And I think for a lot of the really good talent on Upwork, that's very, very attractive. And, uh, and then when I posted that job, you know, I said, I picked the highest paid, like the expert category, whatever, like the most expensive category. Cause I really wanted someone great. That, that, by the way, Ryan, like I try and tell people to do this all the time. That is a mistake. Most people make is they give the project out and they go and try and find someone in the middle or the bottom price point, just hire the most expensive, but it's still way cheaper than a $300,000 San Francisco engineer. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I found this killer guy, awesome guy still with the business lived in Columbia and, um, you know, paid, paid him well. Um, he's still with the company. I'm not going to like say what his salary is, but I think yeah. well for Columbia, but below San Francisco prices. Um, and we've been, we've been ratcheting him up, but just a A plus, A plus engineer. Um, like we're lucky to, to have him. I really feel lucky that, that he's still on the team. So now, uh, now did, did Jonathan approach you before he bought money? Signal? in other words, did he find the CEO before the acquisition or did he come find you after? No, he did. He found me before. Yeah. Um, actually, they were in in the process of closing, and I think in his mind, because this was a bit of a fire sale, they were about to shut it down. And uh, the board had already approved it. The assumption was they were going to let it go. Investors were going to take a loss. And Jonathan was like, "Okay, I'll start looking at this. If I can find a GM, then we'll do the deal." So um, you know, he's a persuasive guy, this Jonathan Siegel. And, uh, we, we met in San Francisco over two, two meetings and yeah. And then I was like, all right, let's, well, so let's how's he sent you? Does he say here's a hundred K salary and 30% of the business? Or, I mean, you don't have to tell me exactly, but generally, yeah, no, I could, I can give you roughly, um, low double digits kind of shadow equity. Uh, and, um, it was higher than hundred K. Um, okay. Like, so you're yeah, making a good I'll, base for a startup founder. Yeah. You're making a good base right out of the gate, lower risk. Yeah. 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 I mean, he knew what my opportunity cost was. The other thing was I had to sell my side business. Um, so you know, he knew about, he knew about two for the, the, the finding emails app and that I had this, this other things going on. It's like, don't want you distracted. Um, I interviewed him for the parallel entrepreneur. So he, he knew that I was, I was paralleling at the time. And he's like, you're not going to parallel with mighty single. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days. All the revenue numbers, all the valuations, 
and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. So what'd you uh, sell two for four? Who bought it? I, uh, I sold it to a, uh, another private equity firm in Texas, that, uh, relationship kind of went South and they've been a bit litigious. So I won't say uh, okay. exactly, um, who they are, but just the very high level thing that, that kind of went, went South was, um, they were on sort of a payment plan that they stopped they decided they weren't going to do the payments anymore. So I ended up getting about half of what the the terms were on that one. And I was kind of like, you know, shame on me for just not getting all the money up front. Yeah. But that's what um, I always tell people when but, you're doing M&A stuff, I don't care if the deal price is a hundred million. If only a dollar is paid cash up front, that's the deal price. It's a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd, uh, I wish I'd known that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but, okay, yeah, but mighty I mean, signals, it, you're, you're, you're now in it. Figures. Neighborhood six figures, yeah. Low do- uh, now, when you say low double digit shadow equity, shadow means less than fifty percent, I imagine, right? Well, yeah, yeah. And shadow yeah. equity also means that um, they, uh, so you know, Xenon doesn't want to write GMs into the cap table. It's just, uh, it's just overhead, just kind of hassle. So it's uh, essentially it's a side letter that says uh, if and when there's uh, there's a liquidity event, you get X percent. Um, so that, that's, oh, this that's is like a I mean, thing. Like, like if I Google shadow equity templates on Google, I should find agreements for these like side right. letter templates. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is a term that they made up, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, John, basically is, if and when liquidity so, happens, that's what happens. Yeah. 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 And I think each GM just kind of negotiates that. Uh, okay. On, Got on it. Their own. Yeah. And when you say low double, so, I mean, can we say between like 10 and 30%, is that a fair yeah. range? Yeah. Okay. Fair range. Okay. So then why sell mighty signal recently? Why not keep building it? Yeah, um, the, the the thesis that was there when the founders sold was still there when I sold, and uh, and that thesis is that specifically SDK intelligence is a, a niche market that's worth a lot, very valuable to a handful of people in the mobile data industry, and um, basically we just kind of cycled through all of the customers. There, there's a handful of players in this business. But I mean, I think more to the point, and this is something that you brought up in your podcast in the past, you've had conversations like this. Um, it's uh, essentially a, a feature versus a, a platform. Mm-hmm. And Mighty Signal very much like really good at the single feature about what it does, breaking apart apps, looking for SDKs, tracking it in the database. It's not really a, a full-blown company. It's, it's, um, it's, it's just, there's just not enough meat on that bone. Yep, and um, it would have taken a tremendous amount of investment for us to compete against the likes of App Annie. Uh, they're kind of the uh, the elephant in the room. Um, Aptopia is another big one, really nice company, great product, but they have all of these other data sets in addition to SDK intelligence. So mm-hmm. um, that was that was basically why they sold. We kind of figured we'd we'd maybe hit saturation on a pure SDK Intel market. But, uh, but, you know, Jonathan wanted to see, like, hey, if we market the hell out of this, can we squeeze a bit more? Um, and can we, you know, he, he bought it at a very attractive multiple. 
Um, I don't think that's public, so he probably wouldn't want me to disclose. But uh, Siegel usually buys things for multiples between 0.5x and 1x, like one and a half x. Rarely will you see him buy something for more than 2x. So people can make their own judgments. Make their own judgments there. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, so you know you run you run the Xenon playbook. You try to try to do north of uh, of 0.5 to 1.5 when you flip it. So um, wait, I I don't saw that north of what? So. You know, you bought between 0.5 and 1.5 sales. Yes. Um, and you know, their thesis is to get at least three to four X out. Yep. So we want to then sell for, for a multiple of three to four revenue um, or at least acquisition uh, costs, like what, what they bought it for. Um, so I was able to find a, uh, a business in AirNow who was willing to- Do you to- care about the structure, by the way, of that multiple? So what if it's a three or four X multiple, like the deal prices, but it's all stock in the new company? Yeah. Um, so there are ways to uh, ensure liquidity, um, and you know that's of course that is a really important term um, at a much lower scale. Like I got bit by that bug uh, as as we just talked about. Um, it is certainly a concern um, with uh, in, in selling to businesses at at, uh, at as much you know, with, with more zeros. Um, so. Yes, you want, of course, as much cash up front. If there is stock and it's a private business, you want to essentially have warrants that would uh, would force the uh, the buying entity to uh, essentially cash out your stock in a certain uh, amount of time if they don't go public or something like that. Oh, I see. So that's um, how you guarantee liquidity. You do that via warrant. So if there's so, so if anyone yeah. listening right now is selling your company and let's say it's a five million dollar acquisition offer, two point five is stock. You don't want to just say fine 2.5 stock you want to say okay i'll do 2.5 stock but you need to attach warrants to that and those warrant like you're forced there explain to me how that would work they're forced to buy the warrant if what yeah yeah exactly let's just say um you say okay within 18 months like this stock needs to be liquid um either you you ipo like you uh you provide some secondary capital that's going to come in and uh and buy our stock away from us um or you're forced to buy it yourself smart um yeah because you know and, and and xenon's their PE shop, you know, their cash flow business. Uh, essentially, they don't uh, they don't want to hold some so they have basically cash, you know, acquisition opportunity tied up in uh, in some private stock in a company they never really intended to own. Because yes. um, yeah, like they're 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 not in the business of holding stock in like mobile data companies. Yeah, where did AirNow get the deal? Price was public. You put out four point five million bucks. Right. AirNow's yep. only raised four hundred k. They've got a team of fifty people based in London. I mean, where do they get four and a half million yeah. bucks to do a deal like this? Yeah, they've raised a lot more than four hundred k. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> so I think that crunch based data is probably off, and you know, overseas investments, some some private deals don't all get cataloged in Crunchbase, but um, they have a whole network of European investors. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, are you going to stick with yeah. AirNow for a bit, or are you going back to Xenon? You like your yeah. private equity life? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's that's certainly the plan. Um, I've been enjoying my time with uh, with AirNow. It's it's fun to work for a larger business with more resources. I wanted to see Mighty Signal through to its kind of logical conclusion. See if we can start going head to head with some of the bigger players. AirNow has that complementary data that Mighty Signal is lacking, so. Kind of, uh, it, it addresses the uh, the whole thesis of why Mighty Signal couldn't um, exist on its own, like couldn't really grow on its was own. Was it basically flat? I mean, you bought it at a million. Yeah, it, it was. It was flat? Yeah, we couldn't. We had a really hard time growing it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, this is just the genius of Jonathan, right? Which is he's, he buys it two years, three years ago for whatever he bought mm-hmm. it for one X, one and a half X sells yep. it for three or yep. four X. I mean, that's just yep. pure negotiation leverage yep. and will. Yep. 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 Yeah. You know, and then he finds, finds good people to run these businesses and, oh, yeah, um, and you have a playbook. I mean, yeah. You, you exactly. Yeah. Very cool yeah. story here. Ryan, remind everyone of the title of your book so people can learn more about how you do, how you yeah. do business. Oh, yeah. So the Parallel Entrepreneur, um, Kindle Unlimited, it's on Amazon, hardback, paperback. And yeah, it's just kind of the story about how to run businesses using your day job to essentially finance your entrepreneurial dreams. Uh, you can do both. And um, it's kind of a playbook for how to go about doing that. Guys, on that note, Ryan, let's wrap up here with the Famous Five. Number one, uh, name, name your other favorite business book besides your own. Yeah. Um, I just read tools for Titans and, uh, now I, I bought like 20 books, um, as a result of reading that one. <laughs> he put so many resources and backlinks in that thing. You just, oh my God. Kindle's yeah. full. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. But I'll be busy for a year. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Yeah. You know, um, I know people have said this guy on, on your podcast before, but you know, Josh Pigford, it's just so fun to watch this guy work, sold bare metrics to Xenon was very public about what he loved and didn't love about it. Now he's back at it with maybe finance. Um, just a really genuine, vulnerable, open guy. Yeah. Does, does, does Siegel going to sell bare metrics sooner? He's going to hold on to it a while. <laughs> I think that one's a cash cow. They're going to hold on to it for a while. Yeah. Well, I saw he jacked up the price like seriously yeah. a couple months ago. And I'm wondering, okay, yeah. it increases revenue, but is churn going to now yeah. go through the roof? Yeah. yeah I think that's, that's the playbook, man. It's working so far. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Number three, what's your favorite <laughs> online tool for building the business? Yeah, um, I've I've been running my life on Notion and uh, and all of my various projects. So helpful to stay organized. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Seven. And situation, married, single, kids? Yeah, married, single, two kids, about to turn 40. And, Wait, you know, married or single? Married with two kids. <laughs> Okay. And yeah, turning turning forty real soon, and uh, just very very happy. Going really good. That's exciting, man. Last question: something you wish you knew when you were twenty? Um, yeah. Uh, I guess because it's top of mind right now. You know, at twenty, I thought forty was like freaking old, like so old. And you know, now I realize, like for me, I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, it's just beginning. Uh, I'm just <laughs> really excited about what's next. Guys, there you have it. Uh, a guy that launched in a marketplace and scripted, sold it, built his own side project, two for grew to some revenue, sold it again, then got involved with Mighty Signals after a private equity firm bought it. It was doing a million dollars in revenue with no team when he came in as CEO. He was incentivized with over $100,000 base salary and 10 and 30% equity there. They call it shadow equity. Ended up trying to grow that business for two or three years, said, you know what, it's not going to work, but got a great exit. Four and a half million bucks acquired by AirNow. Ryan is now building the tool internally at AirNow, trying to take it to some of the Aptopias, App Annies of the world. We'll see if he can uh, make a little dent in the ecosystem here. Ryan, thanks for taking us to the top. Always good, Nathan.